Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host for today, Simon Villanos. And we are missing Liam on this spooky Halloween, but don't worry, he's fine. And this is episode 11. Granted, you'll be hearing this way after Halloween, but we're recording on Halloween. So uh, we got a couple of topics today. We're wrapping up our Last Chance U Season 5 recap and reactions. Huge episode with lots of moving parts that we're going to discuss. Start things off, we have Last Chance U Episode 8, Season 5. This was a big episode, Simon. You were looking forward to us watching this episode for, well, since you finished the season, I bet. Yeah. So... You know, and I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to watch it with Liam, but he's pretty busy as well with um, eSports stuff. Maybe sometime he'll talk about up-and-coming eSport athletes. I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> but but on a real note, Laney College, they have their last two games of the season, and the episode starts off on a very real note, if that makes sense, where Beam is talking to all these guys about their futures and and what to ha- what to expect um, from their film and the season that they put on and how that's going to impact their recruiting and scholarships yada 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 and I really liked the way Beam handled it and I thought that that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on was you know if you're a, a coach right the best thing you can do is be honest with your player and as a player the most you can hope for from your coach is that they're being honest with you Cause it doesn't do you any favors and it doesn't do them any favors. If they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, you could probably be like a, you know, power five player at the division one level. And you're not right. Like that they have to be realistic. They have to be the voice of logic. So that's one thing that I appreciated and wanted to kind of touch on Simon. Did you have thoughts on these beginning of episode meetings with two games left in the season at Laney? Yeah, uh, I really liked it. I agree with you. It's important for coaches to be, you know, up, especially on, I guess, the high school or JUCO level because, you know, you have a bunch of kiddos trying to get to that next level. But it's important to be honest with them and be like, hey, you know, this is where I see where you're at and this is what you got to do. In past seasons of Last Chance U, I may be mistaken. Like, maybe I'm just totally missing out on, like, scenes where they did this but i really don't remember seeing any of those two other head coaches having like uh you know very genuine sit down meetings like this at the end of the season with as many players all right maybe they have you know and it's just not shown as much uh but with beam it did seem a little bit it seemed very genuine like he didn't everything he said he didn't come from a place of hate like you could tell you know while he was talking like Either he's just a really good actor or this is just how he is. But, like, he seemed very genuine. He seemed like, hey, look, I'm just keeping it real with you. I want what's best for you. And by you knowing what I think about your future in football now and all that, um, I hope it helps you in a, you know, and make you a better person and make you at least prepared. And I I've appreciated that, you know, because there were a couple players that he just said straight up, you know, like, hey, look football might be over for you i think he said that again who's who do you say that to i think he said that to uh timmy right yeah it, it was either timmy or uh daymar maybe um 
one of the two. Oh, wait, it was Timmy because he told Damar that he could probably walk on at a Cal or UCLA, but he has to work. So that's what he told Damar, um, even if he doesn't get scholarship offers. He told, that's right, it was Timmy. Uh, Jernigan? No. That's an actual NFL player. That's, that's an NFL player. No, I don't know his last name, but it's Timmy the defensive tackle. Yeah, Dorsey. That's what it is. Uh, Timmy Dorsey. He told him, like, hey, look, you first off, you're already undersized. So uh, if you're a defensive lineman or just lineman in general, that's usually never a good sign. And so he said that he needed to put, you know, put together a really good film this year and show up to big games and make some big plays. And he just didn't do that. Partly because he was suspended for what felt like half the season. The other part, you know, he just wasn't playing good. So there's that. And he was just honest with him. He didn't, like, he wasn't trying to hate on him. He was just saying, like, hey, this was your goal at the beginning of the season. And you're probably going to come a little bit short, even with a couple games left. So there's that. Um, Yeah, so he said RJ's not a D1 talent. Or sorry, RJ's not a D1 guy. He, he didn't say he wasn't a D1 talent. He just said he's not a D1 guy probably because of his clock. It's a little long. There's a lot of complications there because the NCAA gets really strict with, you know, who's eligible, blah, 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 all that stuff on the D1 level especially. So he would probably have to take the Carlos Thompson route and go D2. But he still said, look, if you keep working as hard as you do and you like improve and actually want to improve on your game, and, you know, you never know. He could still make it to the NFL. It's been done before. Um, but he has to put in the work, and he has to put up numbers at D2. And so he kept it real with him. Uh, but, yeah, with Dior and Rajon, I don't think I remember a lot. Their decisions, okay, Rajon's decision was pretty pretty close to being made. Dior had a handful of offers, um, but was leaning towards Hawaii for the most part I, at that moment. So... Yeah. 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 Did you have anything to add on to that about the conversations at all? If anything stood out to you, was there anything that stood out to you? Uh, I, I don't think beam said anything that we didn't know, uh, just from the season long conversations with these players. I think he remained really consistent the whole time. Yeah. As far as talking about possibilities for these players. Um, and you can tell some were more receptive than others. Um, I do think that maybe with Dior, just like based off of where he was mentally, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to be like, hey, if you get a full ride at a D2 school, that's good too. You know, like, because mm-hmm. th- if Dior heard it from somebody else, like Beam, who he respects, then maybe he would have taken that a little bit seriously rather than take the gamble that he ends up taking, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. Which I don't know how that's ended yet, or what's going on with that. You know, Th- this this episode had a lot of question marks at the end for sure. But yeah, but that's see the scary part is that some of those question marks probably won't get answered um, for a while because of COVID. But we'll see. Yeah. So there are those conversations. Then they played their second to last game and they obliterated. Um, Oh my gosh, what's the name of the team? I don't uh, know. Shab- Shabbo. That's not. Is it Shabo or Chabot? It's C H A B O T. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that. What, was that the last game or the second to last game? That's the second to last yeah. game. Yeah. Well, right. Chabot, Chabo. I'm not sure how to say it either. They destroyed them, but 
Dior struggled really bad in that game. He dropped two easy touchdowns that, honestly, if he makes those catches, I think that the his ending is a lot different. Literally, like, those two catches alone could have been the difference between, like, him getting a scholarship to where he wants to go versus where he ends up. Um, mm-hmm. That was bad. And, you know, and then it goes back to, um, you know, Dior's dad and Dior's dad's like, hey, let me do something about it. What's up with him? And it's like, bro, you are literally so constantly the problem. Um, yeah. So his mom came out to see the game, too. So that was pretty tough that he struggled as much as he did. He eventually did get a catch. It was a terrible catch. He used his body for it because he was so scared of dropping it. But, you know, sometimes you just need one to get the ball rolling. But Dior is his own worst enemy for sure. Um, I mean, we we already knew this, but it's just further magnified in this episode where he literally drops two touchdowns in this game. But they still get the dub. They win like 39 to zero. They think that they might have a chance at playoffs, but they know it's slim at five and four and yeah. let's see does anything happen between the first game and the second game really um not really with this and excuse me my bad that shabot chabot game that's the last one sorry so okay I, so i, I was right this one was yeah you were right yeah um it was not, some not really. team that wasn't very good <laughs> 30, yeah they were 39 to zero good. is pretty bad yeah I have to throw those out there. Ryan played an excellent game. And I also made a, I, you know, I, after that game, I made a note here. Um, I felt like, and th- well, that note is, I felt like he, I still feel like he could probably play D1, maybe on the FCS level, if he had more consistency with his accuracy and his placement. Um, I've, I still haven't seen, like, I know it's like basically highlights that they're throwing that were sorry that they're showing throughout last chance you but he makes really good decisions it's rare that you ever see him like like <laughs> make a decision that forces the ball into triple coverage double coverage like he always he usually finds the right guy and you could see the timings there but the accuracy usually isn't or maybe or it's just not a good ball most of his interceptions are just because it's not a good ball but when he's on he's on though true and this was uh this game was diablo valley and it was sophomore night too so that was like you know it it was interesting to see sophomore night kind of be the equivalent of senior night at juco you know yeah it's it's i don't know (laughs) it's hard to get used to uh when you know senior night to be the way it is but if you watch last chance you enough it's you know it's a big deal so yeah, but no, nothing really happened. I mean, you know, they're turning in some papers and stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, well, Dior's family was talking, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a problem. And I think I, I mentioned this to you, but I personally think that Dior every time there's like more than a couple family every time like his parents are there or whatever i feel like he just falls apart in the most like catastrophic way possible uh it's it's bad you know and you could see the pressures there like honestly just the way he is 
I don't think it's the pressure of the game or maybe not getting a scholarship or any of that that's getting to him. I think it's the pressure of his family there and feeling like he needs to prove everything to them right now on the football field, um, which, you know, obviously is unrealistic. But to him, it means a lot. Do you think that's out of pocket? Does I mean, no, do you see that? It's completely what? in pocket. Anytime his family's okay. there, he plays like hot garbage. Um, yeah. Because his the first couple of days he played quarterback, he was great. I don't think that competition were any scrubs or anything. But then, you know, he, his family started coming to his games while he was playing quarterback, and it just wasn't quality. So, Dewar's got a lot of things that he's going to have to face outside the football field if he wants to excel more on the football field. And yeah. I don't know if he's willing to do that. Well, sometimes it's not a willing thing. It's there's probably a lot of trauma and like, uh, I wouldn't even say growing, just healing that needs to be done first, uh, honestly. So, yeah, but that's I mean, you know, it's different for everyone. You can't really put a timetable on that. Yeah, which is the bigger problem because it's more of a psychological thing at this point. Yeah. So yeah. But, all right. Uh, I don't have anything else to add before this first game or after this first game or sorry before the second game or after this first game oh my gosh that was a tongue twister and i'm so confused but anyways on to okay. um onto chabot or chabot whatever it's called um last game of the season and you know uh once again dior starts off kind of struggling like a little bit but yeah. Gets over it really quickly in a really big way. Um, they really put it to um, Chabot with R Ryan through six touchdowns. He, I don't know. He had his best like three games of the year back to back to back to close out the season, which is huge. Yeah, as a you know, as a scatter, that's something to keep an eye on because those are high pressure games because you need to win all of them. So he did it. Yeah, he was almost flawless in those last three games, really. Um, yeah. His touchdown passes, he showed a variety of throws on him, and he showed good yeah. touch on a couple of them down by the end zone on the right side. I feel like he's definitely more comfortable throwing to his right than his left, and like the gap is pretty obvious. But Mackey played well down the stretch. You know, Dior got a pair of touchdowns um, in that last game, which was huge to him even having a chance at anything i'd say after the second to last game that he had and uh rj yeah. caught another touchdown and man he's like uh, he's so physically gifted and talented that it's it's frustrating to see like basically his ego get in the way if that makes sense well you're right i mean he's he's very electric with that ball in his hands you know just the problem is gotta get open and you gotta do all the little things to get the ball in your hands and so um it sounds simple enough but he, he you know he, he just i don't know just couldn't put it together i guess um which is a shame and that kind of goes for the whole receiving core and well, okay not the receiving core just the offense in general i feel like this game was like the first game surprisingly it was the first game even though it was the last game where the offense was clicking all four quarters 
right? I feel like the big reason Ryan was able to throw six touchdowns was because his receiving core didn't struggle for a first half before they got, got it going, which they've done historically throughout this whole season. Yeah, they really were. They looked like a different team in in the last week than the one that we watched for an entire season. So, yeah, and defense was holding it together too, despite not having a couple players or not having the best out of a couple players. Yeah. So, you know, good stuff. You know, they they took care of uh, business um, in in this game and in, in the last couple games. They actually, I I didn't. Okay, I know. This season seems really long with everything going on, but after starting 0-2, they did finish six and or sorry, they won six of their last eight games after that, which is pretty solid. You know, it, I know we were going on a game by game basis, but if you take a step back, that's pretty good. It's a good surge to end the season. Yeah. Now there there have been seasons that have ended worse, <laughs> definitely ended worse. You know, and maybe in a if there was a different um, universe or alternate universe, uh, things would have went their way and they would have made the playoffs just barely. But yeah, that's football or so, sports, I guess. True. Yeah. So they finished six and four, just missed the playoffs. Um, and and the show's wrapping up and we're wrapping up these stories and mm-hmm. you know uh RJ he's reaching out to a bunch of different schools like calling Southern Utah like FCS schools mainly is who he's calling um all D1 emailing schools. all D1 uh even though um Beam recommended D2 for him um and yeah. Nau um, said that he wouldn't sign until the spring, so he kind of lost some offers doing that. Um, and Dior, you know, they're all they're all gauging. Uh, Ray Jean commits to Oregon State, which, if you listen to episode nine, you already knew because we did a film breakdown of him at Laney, and uh, I think familiarity was a huge factor for him. Um, yeah. I'd say arguably like the biggest factor for him in these unsure times, especially with COVID hitting near the tail end of this season. Um, oh, he he committed uh, after the season. Yeah, like right after the season. I mean, like COVID wasn't wasn't um, a thing just yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because he said it was after the UCF trip, ironically, where he felt like Oregon State was the place. And I, I don't know. I know last week I might have sounded pretty – well, I definitely did sound pretty critical of like, oh, he went, like he probably had better offers, right? Um, but I, I get what he's saying with Oregon State. He's there, so not only is his brother there, but his cousin's there as well, and they all play defense. So um, the way he made it sound like actually sounded pretty smart to me, like – he said, where, where is it? Okay. He said he wanted it to be like, you know, like a family business type of thing, you know? And that's what Oregon, if you look at Oregon State's marketing and stuff, that's what they've been doing. That's what they've been marketing that trio as. Um, because I think all of them are going to start. Um, at least that's what it looks like. I'm pretty sure Rajon's going to start opposite of his brother. And then his cousin's going to be in the mix in there as well. So that's what he wanted it to be. He felt like they could get more attention from the NFL, the media, 
and I mean I can't blame him for that. He's still in a he's still at a power five, you know. They're going to do so well together. There, I think they'll yeah. they'll they'll only build each other up and improve each other's stock. So for sure, and they're a good influence. Or I mean, Nation's a good influence on uh, Rajon too. Yeah, you know, which is for sure. Yeah, which is important to keep in mind. Just because I obviously, I mean, I don't think we've ever actually said it out loud, but. In my opinion, Nashon's more mature than Rajon. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think it's harder to be, like, the cockiest player on a team when your older sibling is starting ahead of you. Like, I feel yeah. like that's, like, it's, like, an <laughs> unspoken thing. Like, bro, it, that's, like, a thing that's literally, like, their entire lives, you know, that's kind of the dynamic that's created and and held up to that standard going into, this is Nashon's senior year, right? uh yeah senior year his senior year and rajon's junior year so Mm -hmm. i think that that's arguably bigger for like nation's just gonna keep playing game right but rajon's gonna be on his on his p's and q's you know um just to uh yeah because oh yeah brother sure yeah for sure and i mean yeah i i get that for sure it's you know it's harder to be more cocky one you have an older sibling starting ahead of you. Also, you know, it's just that it's it's family, right? And so they could they could probably check you for the most part. Um, well, okay, I won't always. I know everyone's family situation is different, I guess. But for the most part, I feel like family could check you a little bit better than like strangers, you know? Yeah, for sure. And they seem to have that relationship anyway. So I think it's good for them. Um, a lot of people are looking forward to see the two of them play together at Oregon State. Um by the time this episode comes out, I think they might have played their first game already. Maybe, cuz I know Pac-12 starts first week of November, which is really late, but they're making it happen anyways. So, ay ay ay. Yeah, but anyways, uh So, Engin got a car. But yeah, go on. Oh yeah, RJ was gifted a car by his family friend. Rich, um, yeah. he, he likes to drive fast or whatever. Um. <laughs> All right, it's yeah. a nice car too. Not isn't it like an Audi? It's a nice a fast car. Fast car. Is it fast enough or you can fly yeah. away? <laughs> it is a Thanos car. <laughs> it's a Thanos car. It's purple, bro. I don't know, but no, it's not. Isn't it like kind of purple? No, it's like gray, bro. What? No cap, <laughs> yes, bro. It is. It's gray. It's like it, I remember it because I was like, dude, that's. It's not like it's. It, you know, like it's a nice car, but it's not gonna stick out like, you know, color wise. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, what other? What point were you gonna make before I said he got a new car? Bro, hold up. I gotta find it. I swear it was purple, bro. You could swear it's just not. Bro, what? Okay, well, that doesn't matter. But anyways, RJ gets car. Um, and then we get uh we get like a wrap up from the from the storylines that we've been following. So Rajon yeah, three months committed, later committed to Oregon State. RJ at the time committed to Tuscaloosa. It was some D two school. Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa. I okay. It's a D two in Tennessee. 
Yeah, it's in Tennessee. That's what I remembered. Um, uh, Nu got a full ride to Murray State, I think it was. Yeah, um, that's where we and committed. His, his family is following him. So, love to see that for Nu. I freaking... Yep. Nu's the goat, dude. And so is um, his, his wife, wife and kids. They're so yeah. cute. They're a cute little family. Um, Good for her for graduating... Uh, Shoot, uh, beauty lie. school I don't is that remember. what it's called? Oh, was it beauty school? I think that's what it is. Yeah, beauty school. And uh, a lot of good recommendations in that graduation as well. That's always good to see. So. Yeah, it's good. It's great for her confidence and for news confidence moving. Sure. Um, yeah, new so, needs to not talk in public like that. <laughs> I bro. I'm just going to be honest. When he started talking, I was like, I know he doesn't mean to come off as like sexist. Or whatever, but it really does sound like he's saying, "Oh, I can't wait for it to get back home, so I don't have to watch my kids anymore." Because that's kind of what it sounded like, even though I know he didn't mean it like that. But just, just making a note of that. Do you feel the same way, or am I, <laughs> or am I on my own on that? Or with our kids and all that. And it really did sound like, even though I know he didn't mean it this way, it sounded like I can't f wait for her to be home so she could watch our kids. So, just throwing that out there. Oh my god. Bro, what? Cody. Cody. Bro, I don't <laughs> know what you want me? from me, bro. <laughs> Could you hear it, me? It, it cut off. It cut off when you were saying like, "Stay home with the kids." Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. What? That's pretty much it. You know, his speech made it sound like he wanted her back just so she could stay at home at the kids, and so he didn't have to. Uh, he he was kind of cringe, um, but they'll be okay. And Dior, <laughs> um, arguably the most focused on person in this whole show, he is walking on at Hawaii trying to get a scholarship yes um and that's after the head coach who recruited him left for washington state yes so that's yikes i don't know that was hard to watch um because they obviously so this interview they had with dior was over uh it was over facetime right because of covid and that was hard to watch not gonna lie it was a little hard to watch I don't know about you, but it was... Hey, at least he had a bed, man. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, he had he had a lot of stuff. He was away from his family. Um, He was living in Hawaii, for one thing. So, during, you know, during the pandemic. So, he, you know, there's, there's some things to do around, right? Obviously, socially distanced and all that stuff, I guess. But, you know, he, he seemed like he was in a better spot, I would say, uh mentally as well which is what matters you know um the way he was talking about it like he just seemed he was just in a much better spot he wasn't homeless like he he felt like he seemed like he felt very like you know light and so when he was saying like oh like i just gotta you know i just gotta show them what's up you know during spring training and then that got canceled and then now he has to show them what's up during like you know practice whenever that is and I'm not sure whenever they started practicing, to be honest, or if they were. But he sounded, I don't know. 
the way he was talking, like I would have confidence in him in making it, you know. It was good. Yeah. Does yeah. that does that make sense? Like I know I kind of rambled there, but it sounded like he was confident he would get a spot, you know. Yeah. And with his talent just, go on. If he just does his thing, he should be fine. Yeah, with his talent, I, he's a D1 player for sure. Yeah, sure, he's a little short and all that stuff. But, like, he's a D1 player for sure. Um, It's just, he needs to get out of his, his own head. And I think Hawaii is as far as, <laughs> to be honest, any college kid could probably get from their family since it's so far from the mainland. Um, You know, and that, for him, you know, that's a good thing to be away and to start developing into his own person you know it doesn't always have to be about proving his family wrong and that's something that a lot of kiddos uh figure out in life one way or another yes sir yeah but it was good stuff uh coach beam has a granddaughter now yeah she's well. she's pretty cute she's, yeah she, so. dude when it, when it first showed her bro and she was just like booling is she like, bro? Okay, I, dude. It's just little little babies are are so goofy. Like it's it's just so funny, you know. Because she has like she has no idea what is happening. She's just in this dude's arms, and she's just like, she's like her eyes are super wide, and she's just like you know she's just booling. I don't know. <laughs> babies are funny. Oh, That's all I have to say. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are newborns for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, no. I, I miss mean, when my sister was a newborn and not mean. God. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. I love my sisters. Uh, also, happy late birthday to my brother Destin, who turned 18 um, yesterday from this recording. Shout out. Oh, there you go. But anyways, yeah. Um, Simon, so what are your biggest reactions uh now that last chance you is over what are some messages that you have for our listeners whether they are high school athletes or whether they know high school athletes or juco athletes or college athletes what are some messages to take away from this season of last chance you uh grit goes a long way that's the biggest one i think obviously look in every last chance you season there's a lot of tough stories not gonna lie there's always a lot of tough stories like there are some stories and we've talked about some of them as well just like film breakdown like with uh ronald ollie but well this one seemed like i don't know it i feel like a lot of people could probably relate to this right because a lot of these kids were um were from oakland or were from the area right they weren't out of state kids they were from the area so for them being at a new juco or being at a juco so close to home probably still feels like uh, high school to a degree honestly it probably still feels like high school just a little bit and so because it has a little bit of that high school feel um a little bit of like college feel so basically a community college feel which is what it is for those who do stay at community colleges and whatnot especially those close to home they are prone to feel very like you know they're stuck in the mud there's really no progress uh in life they're just kind of going through it and I think that's more so the case for kids who, who stay at those community colleges close to home. If you go to a JUCO or a community college that's at least out of state or a bit of ways, then yeah, you know, maybe it does feel like there's a progression. But when you are kind of at home, 
there is a bit more hopelessness there. And so for these guys to make it through to Grant to get those scholarships, it's a tough thing to do without grit, without having a very strong mentality, you know? And so and so that just goes a long way. Grit always goes a long way. You know, talent, all that stuff, like you could always be improved on and you could get faster, you could get stronger. But if your mentality isn't right, then I mean, I don't know. <laughs> whatever happens happens i guess but if you have grit then what you want will happen or another opportunity will open up to you and i think that's something very important to remember here when going to a juco especially one close to home which is what a lot of which is probably what most people do the majority of football players so out of high school if they want to continue and they don't get a scholarship offer anywhere else true so what about you uh, I just think that, you know, one thing that you have to learn from this season is perspective is everything. Um, it doesn't do you any good to see only through like your lens, because we see a lot of players, you know, some main main characters in this in this show, some, you know, main athletes, they can only see the world through their through their eyes. Right. And they're too stubborn or they don't know how to look at the bigger picture. Um, and they're very like it, it's it's one thing to, you know, you have goals, right? And you want to uphold those goals as much as possible. But you also really have to widen the lens of the camera sometimes to see more than like a lot of these players just have tunnel vision. Right. And then yep. that causes problems for them and it denies them opportunities that they probably won't get again. So that's what, like, don't sell yourself short, but also just be more cognizant of what's going on. Listen to like, especially like a coach like Beam, who's been in the business like 41 years. Like he probably knows what he's talking about when he's talking about recruiting. He sent guys to the NFL. CJ Anderson didn't know that that was a Beam player, but shout out. Really? Shout out to that. Yeah. He, he brought it up during the recruiting part of the episode. No, like, you CJ. didn't know? I thought no. I told you at the beginning. Oh. Well, maybe you did, but now, <laughs> uh, but now I saw it, saw it, and I was like, yeah. "Heck yeah, bro! That's a Super Bowl winning running back." But, it is. um, you know, you, like coaches aren't going. Most coaches aren't there to just attack you. Like, yeah. like sometimes it comes off as tough love. Sometimes it comes off maybe it, there is a line that is crossed sometimes by coaches, but they really just want the best for you. So just like listen to other people and try and take in everyone's wisdom and advice that they're trying to offer you for you to make your best decision. And that that's not just football. That's with anything. So, you know, whether yeah. you're pursuing an education, whether you think that higher education is out for you and you want to do something else, like go to trade school or whatever, like see your options through. Talk to people who've been through those options. Seek advice. Learn from it. Don't make a mistake that's been made by people hundreds of thousands of times, right? Like, yeah. learn something from those who come before you. So that's that's my biggest takeaways. You got to open your eyes and be more receptive and actually learn. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. Um, and look, it's easier said than done. Just straight up. It's easier said than done. We could say like, yeah, stick it through, like, pay, you know, like, you know, uh, listen to other people. But 
it's it's tough you know it's gonna get uncomfortable at times before it gets better if you really want to be in a better situation it's gonna get uncomfortable first and look there's no guarantee how long that lasts either it's different for everyone too but you know that's where grit comes in and that's where patience come in comes in as well and having that perception you know but it's gonna take time no doubt about it maybe it doesn't take time and you get lucky but <laughs> but you know it's just you know just keep that in mind i think that's important to keep in mind as well so yeah but um i'm pretty sure that's it um that's the last season of last chance you football there will not be any more last chance you football uh, obviously we'll probably review other seasons of last chance you i don't know if you knew that cody but they're moving on to basketball uh i don't know how they're going to do it this year but that's the plan and so this laney college season was the last uh, you know season that they're going to cover a last chance you football team or a juco football team i don't know that's a good one to end on coach beam you know he's an excellent coach probably the best one in in easily the best one in this whole series in my opinion there are some other good ones though but i legitimately feel that way you know it was a good change of pace it was entertaining at times but yeah that's it so what do you think of uh, your first season of Last Chance U, watching it, that is? Can't wait to watch more. I'm excited for uh, doing more of these, you know, Last Chance U reactions and looking at some more Juco guys, you know, maybe guys that aren't necessarily from the show, um, you know, doing some more of our own little research and digging a little bit deeper when we have more time. So, um, you know, I'm definitely for excited sure. for that. Yep, for sure. And... I was just going to say, this was a good season, but in terms of, I guess, the most entertaining or most dramatic, it's probably the third best, in my opinion. Just saying Ooh. a lot, I feel. Exciting. There was a lot. To get spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be more um, that comes up th that we're going to review. Probably not right away, but eventually. So eventually we'll get yep. there. Either way, um... That was Last Chance U Laney College. Good season. Check it out. A lot of life lessons to be learned there. Don't just listen to us. You know, actually check it out. It's on Netflix. And uh, yeah. Anyways. All right. And with that being said, that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Um, real quick, quick apologies about the audio. We were having some troubles throughout the pod. It will get better next week. So just bear with us. But hey, next week tune in because we will be doing the top five best quarter senior quarterbacks in the state of Colorado and that will kick off our series of us ranking in our opinion the best players the best seniors in Colorado high school football right now uh, just because you know the Colorado playoffs actually start today at the releasing of this recording so um, and hey per usual you know if you're an athlete and you want us to review your film um dm us on twitter facebook instagram even tiktok we now have a tiktok now it's uh, at the playmakers corner it's the only playmakers corner on tiktok so make sure you check that out as well we'll be posting some good stuff but feel free to hit us up wherever would love to have conversations with the young athletes and do some coaching we don't do this for the clout we really do this just to you know actually make a difference in this next generation of playmakers that are on the come up and so with that being said um, show us some love on social media, share us, do all that great stuff. 
And I'm one of your hosts, Simon Villanos, and I will see y'all next week.